Welcome to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Solomon Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. Today's episode, we talked about Facebook ads. Uh, So if you're trying to learn about Facebook ads, sort of a a novice or trying to get into the space, you want to run Facebook ads for your business, whether you're a business owner or a marketer, I think this would be a good place to start. I love Facebook ads. We use Facebook ads all the time. We take pictures of really awesome ads. Yeah, for our clients. Yeah, I (laughs) I have a a whole photo album in my phone of uh, amazing ads ads that I like. So that's how exciting that I am. But yeah, this this is a great episode. We got into a couple of different types of ad formats, some tips on creating audiences, custom audiences, who you should target, how you should target them, and setting some campaign goals in terms of budgets and KPIs. So I hope you enjoy. So Taylor, Facebook ads exploded in the last, I don't know, two, three years Mm -hmm. that we've been around doing Facebook ads for clients or Everybody wants Facebook ads, B2B, B2C. We're doing remarketing. We're doing all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. What changed? Well, I think everybody uses Facebook and um, Facebook has so much data, probably too much data as they just recently got in, you know, some some (laughs) sanctions and uh, got in some trouble. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we live in a world where data is so powerful and if you could go back to not even that long ago, if you could go back to 10 years ago and you were trying to you know, sell somebody a billboard and you said, hey, not only will your product or service be on this billboard, but the only cars that are going to drive by are you know, men age 55 to 65 that have an income of you know, $100,000 plus a year and they'd live, you know, in this 10-mile radius of your store or whatever. If you could really hone in on your target demographic that precise of a level, people would have paid millions of dollars for that. And you can do that now automatically in real time and pay pennies on the dollar in terms of, you know, how impressive the reach is. So I think what's happened is that people realize how effective it can be and the way that you can leverage other people's data. Um, mm-hmm. you know, traditionally, you had to have your own data in order to get in front of those people. But everybody has Facebook. Every website has a Facebook pixel installed. So there's so much data out there that Facebook has access to in order to help you with that targeting. Now, some of that's gone away and we can kind of talk about that, but I think it's still so powerful and it's so immediate in terms of the, the impact. I mean, it of course depends on what you're selling uh, or what you're trying to do, but you can see a return, you know, sort of that instant gratification almost right away. Whereas, you know, some other traditional channels or other formats where you don't see a direct conversion, it's more of a brand building exercise or something like that. People shy away from because they're not sure how to measure it, right? Whereas Facebook has done a great job with their sophistication of their targeting capabilities, their parameters, and of course their reporting to prove to you that, hey, your money is actually providing a return. And I think in our space, Google was the only platform we were able to do all of this before right. Facebook. Right. We could do app downloads, we could do video views, we could do all of that. And Google was getting expensive mm-hmm. more and more, especially for search ads. Along came Facebook, we're like, hey, we can get a lot more clicks for a lower price. And then targeting was a lot more, you know, we can do a lot better right. targeting and it was a right. way lower cost per click. Right. I think that's the biggest change is that we can get a lot more bang for our buck. Right. It was the, definitely the first type of ad like that in terms of a native ad, right? Because within the Google platform, it, it is native to the experience because you're actively searching for something. But like you said, that's more of an active search. It's going to be more expensive. Google Display Network 
provides a similar experience, but they're not native, right? Because if it's, you know, you're running ads on the Weather Channel, I'm sure that's, you've seen that and they're all over the place, right? There are ads all over. But within Facebook, you can place your ad into the timeline in the same format as all of the other posts. So unless you really look at it, most people might not even realize that it's an ad in the way that the Facebook algorithms work and the targeting works. It's so hyper-focused. And if you do a great job with your ad and with your messaging, it's actually interesting to the people that are scrolling through and that's why they're going to click on it. It's valuable to them. So I think that was unique as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically being able to tap into someone's phone and their attention when they're just kind of, you know, relaxing or scrolling through and trying to see what their friends are doing, whatever it is, if you can get in front of them at that point in time, it was something that was completely unique in that format. So I think that had a lot to do with it as well. And also Facebook lets you be creative. Mm -hmm. You have a lot more flexibility, whether you want a carousel ad, you want to do a video ad, you can have A-B testing and just really go crazy with it to see which one engages with your audience the Mm -hmm. most in a way that it wasn't easy, you know, it wasn't quite possible, right? Right. So, and I think it gives us folks a lot more creative, you know, flexibility. Mm -hmm. And again, with all the targeting and everything else, you can figure out Facebook lead ads. It's a whole new animal that was not around. We weren't able to do that before. Right. Yeah, they definitely figured it out in terms of how to monetize the platform faster than you know, all of the other social platforms. I mean, you look at something like Twitter, right? Which is about the same age in terms of the evolution. Right. have a lot of users on Twitter, a lot of daily users, a lot of fake profiles too. Mm-hmm. Um, but they there's not anywhere near the amount of money that's being spent on their ad platform because they haven't figured out the targeting. They haven't figured out the sort of conversion path. Like you said, different type of campaign goals, different type of ads that you can show pulling in, you know, product feeds and all that kind of stuff. Facebook, you know, obviously you spend a lot of time and energy and money and they they kind of nailed it on, on that front because it is effective for nearly every type of business that I've seen um, as long as you're creative with your approach in terms of getting in front of the audience and, and ultimately selling whatever you're trying to sell. So if you're, let's just use, there's a lot of folks that are just doing promoted posts, which is just simple yeah, click a button. Like a boosted post. Right, yeah. right. So, and there's us, we're doing serious mm-hmm. advertising in the platform. And what should your objective be, right? There's all of us who wants lower funnel conversions, ROI dollars, leads. And this mm-hmm. podcast is more about getting business to grow sustainably over time and not about short-term results because three months from now, you're going to need a new idea. Yeah. Right. We're not about that. So what should your objective be? Should we be thinking about lower funnel conversions and ROI or should we do more consideration stage or should we just invest in all three, right? Just awareness. Yeah. First of all, there's there's nothing wrong with that approach, the boosted post or promoted post, um, but it's not a Facebook ad. It's something different, right? So what you're talking about and what most small business owners would see if they're not familiar, they're probably, let's say, posting uh, a blog post, repurposing it and posting it on their Facebook page. And you know, every once in a while, Facebook will say, hey, this post had you know 100 engagements or likes or 1,000 this or 1,000 that. Would you like to promote it? You could reach an audience of this size. And so you can spend $20 or $50 or $100 and kind of boost it. And Facebook will show it to other people outside of your network or even within your network that may be likely to to like that post or something like that. That there's nothing wrong with that. Like you said, if your goal is just to get more eyes on whatever that post is, then that's fine. It's it's probably one of the more effective ways to do that. If your goal is to sell a product 
if you're trying to do anything advanced in terms of, you know, let's say you're in e-commerce and you have uh, want to run an abandoned cart campaign. So anybody who's added something to the cart but hasn't checked out, we want to show that product to them in similar products in a carousel ad and overlay that audience with, you know, other characteristics or demographics, maybe based on their income or something like that, uh, their propensity to actually make a purchase, right? Uh, based on past behavior and, you know, what they're clicking on and other Facebook ads. If you wanted to do something like that, that's completely different. So if your goal is, hey, I want to get more people to, you know, let's see. Go to my we, blog. Yeah, exactly. And which is great because we're just talking about the power of data. I, I always think if you can drive more and more quality traffic to your website in any way possible, whatever the cheapest cheapest way that you can do that, as long as it's quality traffic, you're just feeding your own pixel, your own data, so that when you do run a more bottom of the funnel, let's say Facebook lead ad, or even if you're trying to sell a product, you're doing that with a larger database of data from your website because you can retarget and remarket to those people. So it's not a bad thing to do. I think it's a great thing to do as long as you're looking at the long-term game, you're looking at the big picture. If you're expecting to you know, book new business or make sales because you're just posting or boosting a post, it's highly unlikely because you know there's no well-thought-out strategy, workflow, conversion funnel that's built into that. Right. And... I think, you know, when you talked about lower funnel or or just driving traffic, the best campaigns are the ones you have separate budget to just drive traffic. Mm-hmm. Then you remarket them with an offer, right? right? And then see if they would take action into that. Even if they don't convert, now you have another set of campaign right. to actually make them convert and follow them through the entire funnel. Right. So you're not just focused on one thing or another, or you can remarket to people that didn't even come from Facebook, but they've been to specific pages on your website. Whether you're B2B, whether you're B2C, all these things are stuff you can do right out of the box mm-hmm. in Facebook. Again, whether it's yeah. watching a video early on, everyone who's watched a video that they just got introduced to your company. But the next one is to download an ebook, but you could use the Facebook lead ad to download the ebook and then lead them to another ad in the future because they've engaged on that ebook offer to do something else. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think just kind of mapping it out as strategically as you can to say, here's the decision making process of my buyer. Here's everything they're interested in, whether it's related to my directly related to where I can monetize or what I can sell them or not and provide value to them and get in front of them at each step of that journey. And you're collecting the data along the way, then you're going to have a better chance of actually making that sale at the end of the day. Right. Let's use an example. If you were, let's say we're, we're Nike, right? Or we're, we're selling shoes, athletic shoes. Now, Nike obviously has the advantage of being Nike, but the reality is still, if you show an ad to a completely random audience um, for a product, they're not likely to just click on that one time and make a purchase, right? So what you could do is create more valuable content related to that audience, target that audience, you know, people who are into to health and fitness, you can share you know, training tips, you know, a, a, a schedule, a running schedule, a training schedule to, you know, run a 5K or run a 10K or run a marathon or half marathon. You can train, show nutrition t- tips. You can show different workouts. You see this kind of content that Nike's creating all the time, right? And they don't sell those type of products. They're not selling nutrition. They're not selling workout equipment in terms of, you know, barbells and weights and those sorts of things. But what they're doing is getting in front of that audience who is interested in working out. And of course, I don't know anybody who works out without shoes on, right? So you're building that Yoga. audience list, right? <laughs> there there are people for sure. Um, 
or those you know five fingered shoes <laughs> and you see people walking around. I think those are more more likely that person is not working out. But yeah, just build that audience, and that that applies to every business uh, or or serve you know service or product that you're selling, even if it's not that obvious. There's a person at the end of the you know line that's making a decision to make a purchase or to enroll in a service or buy a technology or platform, and they have some sort of problem they're trying to solve. That's why people break out their wallet and buy something, right? So if you can map that all out and get in front of them, provide value, there are, like you said, more top of the funnel things you can offer just to get in front of them, just to drive traffic, just to introduce them to your brand so that when the time comes, they are ready to purchase. You've already been in front of them three, four, five, six times they've been introduced and they're more comfortable with with making a purchase whether that's on a conscious level or you know a subconscious level and let's say you picked your objective you know this is what you're trying to do whether it's just top of funnel bottom funnel and there's a lot of confusion around the audience that you want to go after Mm -hmm. because people aren't familiar with hey i can upload my contact list that's one audience i can find lookalike of that that's another audience my past customer my prospect there's a lot that you can do. You can even, you know, target your app users, mm-hmm. right? So let's talk a little bit about that because there's a lot of confusion. And because for you and I, we can run 20 different campaigns at different targets. And that's mind-boggling for folks. So let's maybe simplify it so that everyone understands. And then let's give them some advanced strategies sure. so that they have some room to grow, right? Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads, you're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified, or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, all right? Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes, uh, maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation, or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS and especially with this podcast is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic for the day. Yeah, so we'll probably miss something on here because like you said, there are so many different ways that you can target. But I guess the off the top of my head, the best way that I could simplify it is you can use Facebook's targeting parameters. So they mm-hmm. have demographic-based targeting, behavioral-based targeting, interest-based targeting, right. right? And so there's there's a lot of data in there that you can just create your own audience that has nothing to do with your, your data. product, your right. data, right? The second option would be to use your own data. So you mentioned uh, contact lists. You can segment that. However, you know, if you have a lot of contacts, you have a lot of prospects, you have things we talked about earlier, banding card, all that kind of stuff, past customers, you can upload that data and target those people directly. You can target your own data in terms of your own cookie data or pixel data. So basically retargeting or remarketing anyone who's been to your website or interacted with your posts on Facebook on that platform in the past. 
you can target them. Or the third thing would be a combination of the two. So you mentioned a lookalike audience, which is essentially, let's take my data. I'm going to give that data to Facebook. So I'm going to give you an email list, or I'm going to give you my pixel data to say, here's all the people that are showing interest in my product now. Go find another list of people who look similar to this. And that's where Facebook uses their algorithm, uses their data to expand your audience. Yeah, exactly. So that's what we're saying. Facebook has all these advanced targeting parameters. If I give them, you know, Solomon Timothy's email, Facebook can go and then find 10 or 1,000 or 100,000 other people who have very similar internet activity and demographic, you know, characteristics that match up to you. So that's, you know, in a nutshell, how that works to select your audience. And in theory, the best performing audience is going to be one that has shown interest in your uh, product or service in the past. So that's where we were talking about earlier it's in your best interest to drive as much quality traffic, and I can't overemphasize quality <laughs> enough, drive as much quality traffic as you can from multiple different sources, multiple different channels, because when the time comes that you do want to target an audience, you're going to have better performance of a campaign of people who have already shown an active interest in your company. Right. And again, everybody wants to be on Google. They want to do the search ads because, you know, that's a competitive thing. Yep. Everyone wants to do SEO because you need that organic content marketing effort and you want to do Facebook ads. How do you even figure out how much to spend, right? Yeah. What is the best way? Because again, 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, it's, you know, Facebook can take a million dollars. Right. So, and should yep. you cut back on Google? I mean, what, what do you think? Yeah. Facebook, Google, you know, they all have shareholders, right? They're all looking to increase their profits, you know, year over year, quarter over quarter. So they'll take your money. They, they don't care if you've made any money on it or not. Now they want to provide a platform that allows you to make money, but they're, they'll charge your credit card, right? As long as it, it goes through. So you need to set some budgets based on a couple of different things. Ultimately, especially when you're just getting started, it, it's more of a cash flow discussion, right? Because the amount that you're spending on a platform like Facebook should all be relative based on the ROI, right? So you know, six months into it or six years into it, it shouldn't really be a question of, wow, you're spending, you know, $100,000 a month on Facebook ads because you already knew before you, you know, created that ad that it was going to get you $500,000 in return, right? But initially, that's probably the toughest part because you don't have a baseline, you don't have a metric, you don't have a number. So my recommendation is start with a spend that is comfortable for you from a cash flow perspective, meaning if you don't, you know, what can you spend over the next three months, let's say, and if you don't see any return at all, you're not going to go bankrupt, right? So if that's a couple thousand dollars a month, you know, a thousand dollars, two thousand, three thousand, I think that's a good sort of sweet spot. I wouldn't recommend just jumping out of the gates and having a budget of 10,000 a month or 20,000 a month because you need to start somewhere and create some baselines in terms of a cost per lead or cost per acquisition. If you're in e-commerce, you want to look at, you know, cost per acquisition versus the lifetime value of the customer or return on ad spend, whatever those metrics are. So I would start with something that's comfortable for you, but I wouldn't start too small. That's the other pitfall that you could fall into is spreading yourself too thin with a small budget. You know, you want to test three different campaigns and you want to spend $500 over the course of, you know, a month, right? And it's all broken down into basically you got a couple of clicks and you didn't get any conversions, no leads, no sales. And then you say, well, Facebook's not working for me, right? 
always use this analogy, but it's there's some sort of law of averages that comes into play. So it'd be like a, a batting average, right? You can't go up the bat one time or three times or even five times or 10 times and say, you know, I, I batted a thousand or, you know, I batted, I didn't get any hits, right? So over the course of a season, you're going to have more, it's going to average out to something that's more realistic to what your actual average is. And the same thing happens with something like Facebook ads. You need to let the algorithms run long enough. You need to have enough spend and have enough conversions. I don't want to look at, you know, I got X number of clicks or I got X number of impressions and nothing happened. You need to optimize based on the conversion, whether that's a lead or a sale. So I would set a goal in terms of, hey, I'm going to run this until I have 50 conversions or 100 conversions and then make a determination of was that successful or not? Because if it's just, I'm going to spend $50 and see what happens. Most likely it's it's not going to live up to your expectations because you didn't go all in into that. Right. And I think to find out early on if it's performing, it's to do sort of that split testing yep. and find out, okay, this ad copy is working better. Great. Now let's try something else at $50 increments or a hundred or 500, whatever. Right. So you're not spending 50,000 and then figuring out this Facebook is going to work right. for me. So constantly be testing right. at a much granular level whether it's the location targeting, where's this targeting, that targeting, is retargeting working better for me or look like it's working better for me or, you know what I mean? And just kind of optimizing it on the way as you're seeing the numbers come up, right? Mm-hmm. So that that way you can get to a campaign that can be scaled over time because mm-hmm. it's a well-oiled machine. I, I think it takes a lot of optimization, ideally, for you to get to a place where, you know, you didn't just dump a whole bunch of money on Facebook. Right. Like you said, I mean, you have to look at, okay, what is the goal of the campaign? Who is the audience? And the messaging has to align with that audience. I mean, all of the same sort of traditional marketing strategies still need to come into play. And I think that's something that people lose. It's like, well, it's it's all digital. So just set my audience, set my targeting and throw up a picture and, you know, a button and it, it should convert, right? You still have to look at what's going to resonate with my audience. And like you said, let's do an A-B test on the image or A-B a test on... Carousel ads. The, yeah, the ty- exactly. The type of ad, the ad copy, something granular on those sort of micro KPIs. And, and the beauty of digital marketing is that you could run that test for a pretty short amount of time before you make a determination if that was successful. And you don't have to throw the whole campaign out. You can make little tweaks along the way uh, without making major changes. And I think one type of ad that usually doesn't get a lot of attention is stories ad. Mm-hmm. And because you have such amazing, right, um, targeting abilities, now you can throw a story in front of them. And it's like that quick, it's kind of like, you know, Snapchat ads, mm-hmm. right? So you're kind of like right in front of their face and you go away. And if you have a big promotion, yeah, and it's an amazing way to just stick it right in their native experience. They don't even notice it like, oh, wow. Yeah, because you're kind of going through. Yeah, I mean, Facebook, um, by default, Facebook will serve the ad based to audiences and on different platforms and in different formats based on what they believe is going to get the best results, right? So that's where, again, if you're optimizing for conversions and you let it run for the first 20 conversions and, you know, 19 of the 20 are all coming on Facebook mobile or they're all coming on, you know, Instagram or they're all coming on, like you said, a story, then Facebook's going to show that ad in that particular format in that time frame more likely. Now you can go in and manually make those changes and make those adjustments. So like you said, if you had something specific like a promotion that was you know going on for a one day or something like that, maybe it would make more sense to put that in a different format in the story of Facebook or Instagram rather than 
just a traditional, you know, desktop ad. But I think you just test based on the type of campaign and in the audience because every audience is going to be different. And so let the data drive the decisions. And Facebook recently rolled out that Facebook ad library, which mm-hmm. makes it easy. It's yeah. very transparent. That's, that's I important. Think that Let's talk big... about that. We're, it's uh, facebook.com slash ads slash library. library. People don't know this. You can actually, you can see every Facebook ad that is actively running. So if you don't know what you should do for your ad, uh, look at your competitors, look at other people in your industry. Uh, You can literally just type in either the competitor's name and see what they're running. Or you could just type in like a keyword, just like a Google search and say, you know, if I'm a financial advisor, I just search for financial advisor and see what ads are running out there in the finance space, right? Or look at other industries too. Look at something that's more creative, a more creative industry or something else. If you're in the B2B space, um, you know, you're in packaging and, you know, somebody else is in third-party logistics. If they have really nice ads and they're going after a similar audience, look at that. I mean, I, I think just seeing what people are doing will help you sort of creatively create a nice, you know, experience. Right. So again, for everyone that's listening, that's in this space of trying to do ads, everyone that's probably running ads right now, they want to step up their game. What are some things that we can give them? Again, looking at the competitor ads, as a, and I love that Facebook is very transparent. Google's yeah. never done that, right? We have to get third-party tools to be able to get that data. <coughs> but Facebook definitely have made it easier for anyone to get in. And Facebook also made it very easy to get started on Facebook as well. Yeah. And I mean, what can they do to get started? Maybe it's a strategy session. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a, you know, let me strategize on every kind of campaign that I could be running before they try to do something very complex yeah. as 50 different campaigns. <clears throat> right. Yeah. I would say start with a, a quick win, right? If you have something that is a, something, you know, top of the funnel, even if it's easy as running a, an ad to get more likes on your page, right? I mean, I think just getting familiar with the platform, having something that you can see tangibly how your audience is reacting. So like I said, if it's a, a like or a quick, you know, entering to win some sort of a contest or downloading an ebook, something that uh, you're not asking somebody to make a large purchase or, you know, schedule a consultation or something like that. Starting with a quick win, doing your research on what your competition is doing, coming up with a strategy for, like you said, the targeting, the objective, the messaging. Is it a landing page? Is it a lead ad? And then looking at the results, getting familiar with making tweaks and tests and optimizations, and then look at something more big picture, more, you know, larger scale. All right. Well, that's all we have for you for this episode, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. As always, we love to answer your questions. Send us an email at growthmarketers at oneimus.com with your question and thoughts. We'll love to answer them here or just get back to you so you could gain more knowledge and improve your campaigns. Thanks a lot. And thanks for tuning in. <laughs>